Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Amen. God bless you. We are, today we are talking about, guess, the way, the way, the way. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way. Jesus said, I am the way. So Jesus is the way. If you know Jesus, you know the way. If you have Jesus, guess what? You have the way. Paul puts it this way. The Christ, actually, the Christian life is so much a way. That is so it's not necessarily a place, but it's a way. It's kind of a journey. So when we talk about a way, in fact, the Greek word translated way it sounds like something like hodos. It's um, a, a, a travel path. You are, you are not staying in one place, but you are on your way somewhere. That's why I know that your latter end shall be better than your former because your, where you started from is not where you remain. You are going somewhere. So that starts to imply that where you are now is not where you always be. Life is a journey and the Christian life is a way to the destination and the way is Christ and, uh, and the destination is Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so Paul puts it this way. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he said, let me read it. For 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I want to put a place emphasis on the fact that he said, I have finished. So he started something and he has finished. And the course he's talking about is not like an academic course, but it's a course of action. He started, there's a course he's on and an assignment he has been given and he has finished it. So I pray that before Christ comes or before Christ calls you home, you will be able to say, like Paul said, I have finished my course. And so to finish your course, that means it requires a lot of work and hard work. In I think in Acts, Acts chapter 20, verse 24, Acts 20, 24, I suppose. He said, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of, of the grace of God. So it says that there are things that I'm hearing and there are things that are happening around me. There are things that are threatening my life, threatening my breakthrough, threatening my peace. But it says that none of these things move me. Why? I will allow these things to move me out of finishing my course. So that's why I said the other time that even in your church life, you have to be careful that somebody's behavior doesn't stop you from fulfilling your own assignment. You don't, you don't allow lockdown to stop you from fulfilling your assignment because guess what? Guess what? After all is said and done, it's just like, yeah, they say, oh, uh, you'll be given a loan so you can leave. Maybe there's no money to do a few things. So the the companies are going to give you a loan or the bank will give you a loan to be able to pass through this COVID, COVID situation, COVID-19 situation or lockdown situation or whatever. Guess what? It's a loan. It's a loan. It's like a student's loan in United Kingdom. Student's loan is not a gift. Too. It's not a gift. You will pay for it later. So the better you stay away from a loan and the earlier you stay away from loans, particularly loans that you just spend for your 
for enjoyment, the better. So the point here is that he says that none of these things move me. There are things that will come in my way that are meant to divert me from my assignment. However, after all is said and done, oh, I didn't like the way this person spoke to me. I didn't like that. I've been, I was going through a difficult patch. And after all is said and done, the assignment still remains. So you will still have to finish the course. After everything, there's a course. Everyone has got an assignment. I have got my assignment. You have got your assignment because the Christian work and the Christian life and the Christian calling is a race. It's a, it's a race. And because it's the way. All right. So Paul puts it this way. He says that um, none of these, never, nevertheless, none of these things move me. None of these things you are talking about. None of these things. He said, save the Holy Ghost is saying that in every city, saying, uh, 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 sorry, the Holy Spirit is witnessing in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Uh, they are waiting for me. But none of these things move me. And no troubles are ahead because of the assignment I'm supposed to fulfill. But he said, none of these things will be. Why are you not moved by the challenges and the difficulties you have faced? He says that none of these, these things move me. None of these things, um, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life. This is serious. My life dear unto myself. You know, one of the ways you will not be able to do God's work is when your, your life is so important to you. As for me, I don't like when people, people when somebody says this, this kind of things to me, I don't like it when this happens. As for me, I'm, I'm you know, because of where, how I grew up, because of the circumstances I grew up in, because of this, that, because of this, I'm very sensitive. So we always justify our failure by our feelings. Because I'm, I'm failing because, no, there's no reason why you should fail and you will not fail in Jesus' name. Much more, you can't fail in fulfilling your assignment. None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear to me. Many people are not able to do God's work and fulfill the, God, the assignment God has given them. And many people are going to be shocked when Christ returns because they will lose so much reward. They won't have reward. Why? Because they counted their life so dear to them. Jesus puts it this way. What does a man profit? If, what does he profit a man in Matthew? If he gains the whole world and loses his soul. So you can gain everything, but if you lose your soul, it's no profit. And the enemy, and in our modern days, the enemy is using the self-centered ideology and self-centeredness of people. It's me. It's about me. Even this church, when I went to the church, I didn't really get anything. The music was not nice for me. The people were not nice for me. Shut up. It's not about you. It's about God and your assignment. <laughs> you understand that? So it's so important to understand that this thing, for you to fulfill it, you have to come to a place where you say, I do not count my life dear to me, not because my life is not important, but if it comes to the assignment, it's like a mother, a good mother who has a baby. She hasn't eaten, the baby hasn't eaten. She will say, oh, I have to eat and leave the baby because of what I'm going through. No, in spite of what, oh, wonderful, wonderful. Mothers are amazing, good mothers. In spite of what a woman, a mother might be going through, she still will sacrifice anything and her comfort and her life so that her child will be okay. It's just that sometimes when the children begin to rule, then uh, in our modern day, mothers, some mothers also begin to think about their lives and my life. I can't be bothered about my children, you know. But a good mother will think about her children. In the same way, a good pastor, a good pastor, a good pastor, 
this is how Jesus puts it in John chapter 11, I think verse 13, I think so. It says that a good shepherd lays down his life for his flock. Those of us who want to be pastors, it's the, it's the call to lay down your life for others. That is the real pastoral life. It's not to come for them to serve you and for them to do things for you and for people to do things and give you things or for people to make you uh, have uh, self, to, for people to give you self-worth and self-importance. That is not the purpose of being a pastor. <laughs> Rather, it's the other way around. The purpose of being a pastor is to lay down, a good pastor, I mean, a good pastor. To be honest, some pastors are very bad pastors. <laughs> but I know you are not one of them. And you, some of you who God is calling to be pastors, you will, not, you will not be a bad pastor. May you not be a bad pastor. And may God deliver you from bad pastors. Some pastors, it's, it's in the Bible, some pastors are bad shepherds because they are thinking only about what they are going, what they are getting, their own peace, their own security. They don't really care about the people God has given them to care for. Well, so he said that neither do I count my life dear to myself. Why? So I can, Paul, he said, Acts chapter 20 verse 24, but all these, none of these things move, neither count, count my life dear unto myself. Why? So that I might finish my course with joy. That's why when anybody is serving in church and they are thinking about what they are getting, it becomes a problem because it looks like you are holding the stick at the wrong end. <laughs> I mean, how can you want to be a pastor for income? <laughs> I will never stop saying these things because there is a distortion of the true Christian path that we have been called to and people are doing Christianity for their personal comfort. It is, it is a pernicious aberration. It's a serious distortion out of the way. Christianity is a call to, a higher call to sacrifice. So, if you hold the stick at the wrong end thinking that you are doing this because of what you are going to get, even watch this, even watch this. If God will give you a reward, all right? Everything the Bible says in Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, said, for God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love, which you have shown towards him. His name in that he, you ministered to the sin, you ministered to the sin, and you do minister. So God will not forget in First um, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 or 58, is it, yeah, 58 says that uh, 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 be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord will not be vain. So God will reward you. There's nothing you do in God that will not be rewarded back. Watch this. Don't do it be, focusing on physical reward now. Physical rewards come. Because the Bible says that godliness is profitable both for the life that it now is and the life to come. Second Timothy chapter, First uh, Timothy chapter four, verse seven. You see, see spiritual exercise, physical exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable. Verse seven and eight, even on the, this earth and the life. So there is a profit that comes on here. You get something. But what I'm saying is that but the, the ultimate reward is always at the coming of Christ. Ultimate reward. So then that is what every Christian must focus on. The Christian's ultimate reward must be towards, it must be the 
to Bible, Paul says that I pray for you that you, the eyes of your understanding, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 down, that you'll be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you will know the hope of his calling. The hope of his calling is not the benefits of the now is the hope is the hope hope is always pointing to the future it's ahead that you will know the hope so when you know the hope of his calling you walk towards it you work towards that hope and not just what you are getting now bible talks about who jesus christ in hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So there was a joy that was set before him. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, there is a joy that is set before us. The joy of salvation. There is a joy set before us. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame. And Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter 11 I think verse 24, 25, 26, 24, 26. Bible talks about Joseph by faith. Joseph when he was full grown did not uh, 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 it, it, it forsook the pleasures of Egypt. You know, it wasn't bothered being not being called the Pharaoh, of, uh, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He left that one, abandoned that one, and it was not ashamed to suffer affliction with the people of God. Watch it. For he, I think verse 26. For he saw, seeing him that was invisible, he was seeing something ahead. He looked ahead. All true godly people always look ahead abraham looked ahead bible said he dwelt in tents he dwelt in tents with the heirs of promise verse 10 of hebrews 11 uh, for they looked for a city which had foundation whose building whose maker and builder was god so he was looking ahead so he didn't he wasn't bothered by his current living that is the difference between christianity and a lot of other uh, um, uh, pra other practices christianity gives us a hope and we don't live for the now we live for for the second coming even though physically god will also reward us he says that there's nobody who has left mother and father and uh, for my sake who will not receive much more on this earth and in the life in this life and in the life life to come in luke chapter 18 and 19 matthew chapter 18 19 somewhere there there's 20 27 28 so it is important to understand that this life our main reward is, is hinged to the coming of Christ. It's hinged to the coming of Christ. Probably I'll mention a bit more, I'll say a bit more about that in the course of the... But Paul said that I, I, that I might finish my course. I count not my life as dear to me. So I, I, what I'm saying is that Paul spoke about finishing his assignment. In, first, in Titus, sorry, in Philippians, in Philippians chapter 3 verse 13, Philippians chapter 3, verse, I think I open it here, it's easier. This is New King James Version. Let me read it from the New King James Version. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. It says that, Brethren, I do not count my, myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Did you, did you hear that? I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead. May you receive grace to reach forward to the things that are ahead so you don't miss what is ahead. The, what is ahead is better than what is behind or what is what you can experience now. There is always better ahead. When you walk with God, the future is always brighter and better. As I quoted earlier, the path of the just is like a shining lamp that shines brighter. Your future is better than your current and it shall be greater and greater and great because we are being transformed from grace to grace hallelujah from glory to glory he says that preaching forward but um i do not count myself to our printer but one thing i do forgetting 
forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Watch this. I'm reaching for it's like I'm stretching to grab something ahead of me. I'm trying. I'm reaching. I have a target. You are reaching forward for something. And every human being, you have to have a target. And I'm not talking about business target. But I'm talking like as a Christian, you must have a, a, a target to fulfill the assignment of God in your life. And you work towards it. That's why you don't have to, first of all, don't have to consider what you are getting now. Consider what he's getting now and how he reward you later. Right? Don't, when you, if you want to do God's work, stop considering what is, what is in this thing for me now. What is it? Musician, stop considering. Singer, stop. Preacher. Stop considering what am I getting now? These people, the way I'm, what am I, or they invite me to come and preach. How am I going to get, what am I going to get? Uh, don't decide where you go and preach based on financial considerations. Do not decide to receive preaching invitations or singing invitations or ministry invitations. Do not decide which ministry invitation you are going to receive based on financial consideration. Mainly, mainly on financial considerations. Mainly on financial consideration. Yeah, when I go, it should be based on fulfillment of assignment and sensitivity to God. And so, don't do anything for what for God so long as God is concerned. We don't have to do things for what is in it for me now. We have to do this for what is in it for God now. What is in it for God now and tomorrow. And then God himself will take care of, of you. So he says that, I pressed on towards the mark of the high. Uh, sorry, he says, uh, reaching forward to the things that are ahead. I pressed towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ. It's pressing. That tells you that somebody is putting himself under pressure and pushing because they there is a race ahead. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 16, it says that uh, um, holding, fast the word of, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain. I haven't run in vain or labored in vain. Right? So the Christian walk, the Christian life is a race to run. It's a race to run. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says that, Therefore, seeing we are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance or with patience. So it's a, it's a race to run. The Christian walk is a race to run. You don't have time to trot. you got to keep running. It says, let us run. In 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, a lovely text in First Corinthians chapter nine, verse. I think I open it in this Bible. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-four. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that ye obtain. So he's talking to believers. He said, "You also run to obtain. You must run with the target, running to obtain the Christian walk." is a race to run. The Christian life is a race to run. It is not an invitation just to relax, to be fed. It is a race to run. He said, I have finished my course. You, you will finish your course. So in these times, unprecedented times, uncertain times, keep this on your mind. Even in your marriage, in your family life, in your career, in your studies, in your education, there's one thing that must always be on your mind, that there's a race to finish. There's a, a course to finish. There's a race to run. And well, everybody, guess what? Rich people, poor people, 
educated people, uneducated people, um, uh, posh people, crude people, nice people, not so nice people, or, uh, um, or mean people. Everybody, where, whether you are, you you attended, you are you attended Oxford University or Oxbridge, or you attended um, any university somewhere. Whatever university you attend, whatever course you read, well, how much you're earning is, it does not matter. It, in the grand scheme of things, what matters is the fulfilling of your assignment in God. Because against the time, everything will be stripped off. Everything is the time coming when your value is not based, genuinely, really, so long as God is concerned, your value and my value is not based on the suit I wear. It's not based on the house I live in. It's not based on the friends, I, I, the quality or the kind of friends I have. It's not actually based on that. My value is not based on um, the clothes or the car I drive or how I look, my status. All those things don't determine my value. What determines my value is the assignment I carry and how I'm fulfilling the assignment. What determines your value is your, the assignment from God you carry and how you are fulfilling your assignment. That is what will determine your value and your rating in heaven. Your faithfulness in the, fulfilling your assignment God has given you is what determines your rating in heaven. Your rating in heaven is what determines how quick your prayers get answered. How quick your prayers get answered is what determine the kind of benefits you enjoy on earth, what you can be exempted from and what you, you won't be exempted from. It's important to understand, my brothers and my sisters, that we should, we, there is a race to run, there is a charge to keep, and we have to focus on doing it. So he says that, um, don't you know that in a race all run, but one obtains, run in such a way, uh, run, so run, I like the way he said, so run, that means run in such a way that ye may obtain, verse 25, and every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now, now they do this to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. So it's every man that is striving for the mastery is temperate because of, you, you are trying to finish this course. You, you want to really pass this exam well. And so because of that, a lot of fun, so-called fun things you don't engage in it because really what is on your mind you really are you become temperate you you even you don't sleep too much you don't give your attention to a lot of things why because you are striving for masteries and he said that's how and people do these things they strive for masteries for physical benefits for the uh, 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 great good academic grade grades for Success in business, for good romantic relationship, for to catch that woman's interest and attention, to catch that man's attention. Because if you don't put in diligence and intention, or to raise their children to be to do well in life, it requires some effort. All right, so you you have to be you will be end up being temperate in a lot of things because of this particular thing you are trying to achieve or you are trying to accomplish. In the same way, Bible says that yet all these things that we do physically, it is just for a reward that will perish. So that means that when you got temperate, you get a reward. You know, when you have your leisure time, 
you know, a lot of people use their leisure time for other things. So some people are in study, studying and they say, oh, because I'm studying, I can't do church. You are lying. Because people are studying and they are doing other things. They are, they are playing video games. They are watching movies. They are going for nightclub. They are, they are having relationships and messing up in relationships and doing all kinds of amorous, erotical, erotic stuff they shouldn't be doing. They, but they are, they are writing exams. They have exam coming. So the fact that you have an exam coming doesn't mean you can't do anything at all but only prepare. But what I'm saying is that you must have masteries. Prepare for the exam whilst other things to don't suffer. But a time comes when you have finished your exam where you can give more attention to something. You can't be, you have an interview tomorrow morning and you are trying to practice your uh, keyboard tonight. For what? What has that got to do with the interview? Stop the keyboard. Go and do the interview. When you finish the, and you pass, you can even buy, buy a grand a grand piano in your house because now you got a good job. But if you don't have a good job, that keyboard you are playing is your neighbor's one. They will come and collect it. You understand that? So these are just basic things that sometimes if you are not taught well, you will think that if I don't do this, I'm not spiritual. Spirituality is not based on activities. Spirituality is based on enjoyment of God and oneness with Christ. You know, tune in with Christ. Anyway, so the scriptures say that I... Uh, uh, they do it. You see, anyone who strives for the masteries, that's what I'm talking about, strive for the masteries, is temperate. You have to be temperate. So in your Christian life and the race, you we have to be temperate as well and put in, I am seated here. I can't just get up and not prepare and just come and start talking. I have to go through a process. I've been preparing for several days to be able to be to sit here and be able to talk Right, rightly divide the word of truth in a way that it's assimilatable and in a way that can be a blessing. So everything you are doing, you, you have to give yourself properly to it. I hope I'm, I'm communicating to somebody. So it says that in our spiritual assignment too, don't give your diligence to other things. Some of us who, all there is to you is my work, 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 my work. When you lose that job, we will see what there is to you. My work, my work, my work. Every time is your work. You are not taking time to develop a healthy spiritual work. Develop your spiritual work. You are not taking time to develop good relationship with your wife or your husband or your children and or your the significant people around you. You are not taking time to even invest your energy and your resources, your energy. I'm talking about your human resource and abilities into the work of God. You are a computer guru. In what way is it building the church? Yes, you are making money, but that human ability to, you must see how you can also use it in building the work of God. Because that is what God is going to reward you on. It's going to reward you based on how you have built his work. It's very important because in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14, it says that everyone's work will be tested. Take it verse from verse 10. Take it how you build. But no for me as a master, wise master would have laid the foundation. Let each one take it how, how take it how he builds. For there's no foundation laid except the one that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Then he goes on to say, if anyone builds with silver, uh, 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 gold, uh, precious, silver, precious stone, wood, straw, and hay. He said everyone's work will be tested. Verse 13. Everyone by fire. The day will reveal the kind of work you are building by fire. And if anyone's work survives he will receive a reward verse 40 he will receive a reward so there's a reward coming but it, it must be 
we must go through the process of testing. The quality material you are building with, and guess what? He's talking about the house of God. He's not talking about any other thing. He's talking about the church, the building of God's work, the house of God. In the, within, if you read it in context, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 9. He said, we are, we are co-laborers, you are the um, husbandry, we are, we, are, we, work, we are building together with God. So then everybody take it how you are building. And he's talking about the work of God. Praise God. So it's important to remember that don't focus on human or physical or uh, 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 yeah, physical acquisition at the expense of your reward in God. It's very important. Whoa, that's a race to run. It's a real race to run. The Christian life is a race. So let me read the verse 26 because that is. I therefore so run, not as uncertain. So, so fight I, not as one that beats the air. So he said, this Christian walk and this Christian life, I'm running it not as uncertain. I run with certainty. I run with the target. So I'm trying to draw this your attention to the fact that the Christian walk is a race to run. We are called to run. In Galatians chapter 2 verse 2, he says that, And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them the gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which are of reputation, lest by any means I should run and have had run in vain. So he's talking about my life. All what I'm doing is a race I'm running. No wonder towards the end of his life, he said, I finished my race, you know. So I pray that we will finish our course. You will finish your course. In Galatians chapter 5, this is an interesting one. Galatians 5, 7 says that you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the, God, the truth? You were doing well. Doing well in your Christian life can be same or can be re re referred to as you are running. You are running well. Run well, bro. Run well, sis. Run well, man of God. Run well. Keep running. You are running well. Don't let somebody's uh, uh, attitude, somebody's Approach to God's work, discourage you. Run well. You are running well. Keep running well. You've done well so far. You've done well so far. You deserve a pat on the back, but there's a lot ahead of you. So don't be thinking, oh, no one is encouraging me. Just keep encouraging yourself and keep running. Run. Keep running. Go for it. Go for it. Run well. He said, you have run well so far. Who cut in on you? Who crossed you for you to be diverted in such a woeful way? Who cutting on you? Galatians 5, 7. Yeah. He said, you did run well. Who did hinder you? Other translation said, who cutting on you? I think the, um, I believe is the, uh, N, I have an NIV here. I believe is the NIV. Who cut in on you? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I just like to, it's good to, it's, it's good to read the text. It's good to read the text. It's good to, Galatians 5, 7. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Who cut in on you? Don't give anybody the privilege. Don't give anybody the right. Don't give anybody the opportunity to cut in on you. The person can even be a, a pastor. The person can even be a church leader. It can be, and you, they did something, they said something to you, they treated you in a way that has discouraged you from doing God's work. Hey, please, don't let anyone cut in on you. You were doing very well. You were do, Look at the number of souls you were winning. Look at how faithful you were serving and how fulfilled you were. You were so fulfilled because you were doing it from your heart and someone took advantage of you. At least thank God you have noticed it. Re withdraw yourself and get, withdraw from, from such one 
and get involved with God's way. Don't let anyone cut in on you. Pastor, you were doing so well until that person betrayed you. You know, to be a pastor means people will betray you. It's natural. It comes with church leadership. Church leadership means that readiness uh, may be prepared to, to experience betrayal. It comes with church, human beings. Uh, yes, Jesus, God, his version, Judas. So, um, um, not even Judas. Peter even denied him. The one who said, me? Pastor, I am there for you. Pastor, this thing, we are there together. He, he went to pray, they slept. <laughs> not because they are malicious, but just that they couldn't. They couldn't take it. So he said, it's the Christian life is a race. Now, let me come back to where I started from, because I'm talking about the way. We run in the way. So Christianity is actually referred to as the way. That is why you run. What do we do in the way? We run in the way. Paul said, I, I finished my course. I press on. He said, so run I. He said, so I don't run in vain. He says that, uh, 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 um, looking unto Jesus, the utter run. Okay, he said that, uh, see, we are going, let us run with perseverance. So we run. It's a race we run. It's a race we run. And what? We are, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26. We are running, verse 24, sorry. We are running to obtain. So run to obtain, verse 26. So run to obtain. I think verse 24, both of them. So run to obtain. We are running to obtain. We are running, verse 24. First Corinthians 4, 24, 9, 24. We run to obtain. We run to obtain. We run to obtain. We run to obtain run to obtain my brother run to obtain because there is a reward ahead of you god will reward you now so because it's a it's a race or because it's a way jesus said i am the way when you come into christ you are in the way watch this in several places in the scriptures in starting from the book of acts or particularly several places in the book of acts the christian journey was described as the way in acts chapter 9 verse 2 watch this let me start from verse 1 to make sense of it and paul yet breathing breathing out threatening uh, threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the lord went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of this way talking about christianity it's called the way i possibly think the new king james version will render it a bit acts chapter 9 verse thank you jesus the creed so and so still threatening uh, still threatening, uh, sorry, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked and ask letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way, see the way is capital, way, that's a, a new King James Version, if, if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might brought them, so he might bring them, uh, 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 he might bring them bound uh, to Jerusalem. So he was traveling from city to city, went for special letter to Damascus in the synagogues to go and find, look for anyone who were of the way. Christianity was called the way. In Acts chapter 9, 
so chapter 19, verse 9, is they spoke evil of the way. When some would not believe, but spoke evil of the way, Paul withdrew the disciples to one school of Tyrannus. In Acts chapter 19, verse 9, but when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way. Christianity was referred to as the way. Paul said, Bible said he went for letters, finding people who were of the way. Christianity was referred to as uh, to as the way. In Acts chapter 18, verse 25 and 26, talking about Apollos. Acts chapter 18, verse 25 and 26. Um, Apollos, this man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit, in the spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of God, though he knew only the baptism of John, who so so he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. So you see, the way, very important, the way of God, the way of God more accurately. In Acts chapter 26, 22, verse 4. Acts chapter 22, verse 4 says that, this is Paul, Paul talking. He said, I persecuted this way to the to the to the death right so they he call christianity and people of christianity as this way they are the way they are the way the scriptures and they were known in those days as the way they were known in acts chapter 19 verse 23 look at acts chapter 19 back to acts chapter 19 verse 23 it says that and about that time there arose a great commotion about the way I think I would like to read this one from the Message Bible. Message Bible puts it in a very interesting way. Acts chapter 19, verse 23, in the Message Bible, the, the Message version, it says that, but before he got away, a huge, a huge ruckus occurred over what was uh, was now being referred as uh, referred to as the way, talking about Christians. Christian, Christians, Christianity, and everything about Christianity was being referred to as the way. Jesus said, I am the way. So Christianity is called in the book of Acts as the way. Here he said it was being referred to as the way. There was a huge fracas, commotion, confusion with respect in regards to church and Christianity, the preaching. It's always been like that too. When you do God's work, expect people to react. Sometimes people will react in a very terrible way, in a very unreasonable way against you because you are just being a Christian. And so, uh, or because you are preaching. What the devil doesn't even like, he doesn't like preaching at all. If you attempt to preach, the devil will try to stop you in your tracks. He doesn't like preaching. He fears, he doesn't fear prayers. He fears the genuine Christian prayer. Satan doesn't mind you praying. But if you are going to pray a Christian prayer in the name of the Lord as a Christian, he fears it. He doesn't mind anybody preaching. But if you are going to preach the truth of God's word, he's going to come after you. Hell will rise against every preach, preaching of God's word. And so there was commotion against the way. In Acts chapter tw uh, 24, verse 14, look at this. In Acts chapter 24, verse 14, I like that. I'll just read that and then move on and then round up them. Potentially, I would like to continue. I wouldn't like to keep you to know. Christianity, just, just showing you from scripture that Christianity is the way and I will explain why it is the way. Acts 24 verse 4 says that notwithstanding, 
um, I'm sorry, verse 14. I need to verse 14. But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, I worship, I worship, uh, sorry, so worship I the God of my fathers, uh, believing all things. So after the way, I worship God after the way. In the, uh, what they are calling heresy, that is how I worship the God of my fathers. Verse, uh, I read from the New King James again. Permit me to use different versions. That's how we do Christian studies. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 14, it says that, but this I confess to you, that according to the way, is it New King James, the way is capital. According to the way, this I confess to you, that according to the way, which they call a sect, they were actually calling the Christian life. Watch this, this is interesting. A sect. Most times, Genuine people who are doing genuine Christian life, secular people see them as sects. Oh yeah. I'm not saying that that means that every sect is correct. No. But I'm saying that it's very easy to be branded extremists or to be branded unusual, antisocial, to be branded negatively. So it says that that which, let me read again, verse um, 14. It says, I confess Acts 24, 14, yeah. But I confess to you that according to the way which they call sect, that's how I'm worshipping the God of our fathers. I'm worshipping the God according to the way which they call a sect. That's how. So, you know, when you are doing it God's way, some people will have problems with it. Let's, let's, let's be clear on that. If you do things God's way, expect people to have problems with it. Listen to what I did not say, please. I did not say that when people have problems with you, that means you are doing something right or you are doing it God's way. I never said that. If people have problems with you, you have to be sure and check yourself because sometimes you are doing something wrong. You might be doing something wrong. That's why people are having problems with you. The reason why your neighbors are not talking to you is not because you're a Christian. It's because you are very annoying. So um, there was a, a Christian gentleman I knew a while ago. He didn't... I think he lost his job or he was going through a rough patch. And his, one of the Christian brothers said, you can come and live with me. So he, but the Christian brother also, they were all sharing a house. So the Christian brother was sharing a house with other, other tenants. And those tenants, this is about 15 years ago in London. The, those tenants didn't, I mean, they were not believers. They were working, going work and coming. And then this Christian brother brought another Christian brother to come and live with him for a while. And the tenants were brothers, so they didn't mind. But this other Christian brothers who, brother who didn't have a job and was in the, uh, was kind of didn't have a place to live in, was lodging or patching with somebody. You know what? When he wakes up in the morning in the house, his own place was just a room with his friend. And you know, people are sharing other rooms. But he wake up in the morning and he's praying, Hey, Lord! Hey, enemy! And the other Christian brother came and said, told him that my, the people are complaining, the noise, because they are sleeping. Some of them are working like they've come to sleep. He said, what? He, he didn't understand. You Christian brother, you are telling me I shouldn't pray? No, he didn't say you shouldn't pray. See, what you are doing, you are doing it wrong. You are doing the right thing in the wrong way. People are sleeping. You are also, come, poto, 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 poto. come, poto, poto, because you are trying to bind the devil. <laughs> <laughs> their sleep is not the devil though. their sleep is not the devil you have enough faith to move mountains but you leave the mountains in the path of others that is why sometimes so I'm not saying that the fact that you are doing the 
the fact that people are having problems you means you are doing the right thing but what i'm saying is if you do things the god way you are likely not likely you are definitely going to come up against severe opposition from different people different courtesies sometimes a whole government will rise against you as it in, is in a lot of other places as it was in the early day and as it is in our current times wherever you find yourself sometimes you even lose a job because you're a christian and you are a genuine Christian. Sometimes you lose a vote because you are a Christian. And a lot of people, because they don't want to suffer losses, they choose that, oh, well, let me just do this Christian thing very calmly. But there's no Christian calm and private Christian life. Christian life is a way, is the way, the way of living. I'll, I'll go a bit more into that as time goes on. So the point I'm making here is that he says that what they, the way they call, I worship God. I confess that I worship God in the way which they call a sect. So they are calling a sect. Yeah, that is the way I'm worshiping God. And so the way can sometimes be found on. The Christian life and the Christianity is a way. What way it is? Is it? It is a way. The way God, watch this, is the entire, the whole full salvation is the way. So it's not only how you are saved, but the entire Christian work, right from how you are saved. So when Christ comes, the whole Christian life is, is, is the way, right? Now watch this. Is the way, the whole, that's, I call it the, the spectrum of the Christian life. How the, 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 and the spectrum of the full Christian life or the four aspects of the full Christian life. The four aspects. Number one aspect is, is the way Christianity is the way God is working. He's putting himself into human beings. So guess what? If you're a Christian, God is in you. It's in you. Christ in us. Romans 8.10. Christ in us. So if you're a Christian, God is working himself. Galatians, uh, Colossians 1.27. God is working himself into you. Alright? So he works himself into us. So it's the way he does that. He does that through the redemption of Christ and the the release and the receiving of the Holy Spirit. So the redemption of Christ is actually what brings us out of the debt we owe God, brings us out of sin. So we are no more sinners in the sight of God. Now he can, by his spirit, work himself. So that's the working of God is the way God works himself into human beings. That remains a mystery. The way God works himself into human beings, and not just that, but is the way we, after God has worked himself into us, how we become partakers of the divine nature. According to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, says that for, uh, he has given us exceeding and great precious promises, whereby we will be partakers of the divine nature. So we share in God's nature. Hallelujah. You are Christian. You share in God's nature. The nature of God. That is what distinguishes a Christian from an unbeliever. So, so when you see a Christian and an unbeliever, externally, they look the same. That is why there are people who might be in church thinking they are saved, but they are not saved. Thinking in this way. Thinking they are believers, but they are not believers. Why are you saying that? In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, some will come and say, Lord, Lord, I cast out, I cast out demons in your name. And say, I don't know you. Who, who are you? You are not one of my people. Oh, but I was with the church people. I was, no, no, you are not one. You are not. So being with church people doesn't mean you are one of us. <laughs> you, are, you, you might be, but you are not one of us. And so it says that um, we are, we, what is diff what the difference, what makes you a Christian is not so much your behavior. It doesn't start with your behavior, but it starts with the nature of God in, which has been worked into you. So we 
partake, we share in his nature. So it's the way we share in his nature and not only that, we enjoy God. If you don't enjoy God, you can, you can be effective in your Christian work. So Satan will use anything to try and discourage you. But even in the midst of discouragement, you can still give doxology. You can still, still sing songs of praise. Why? Because God, you are enjoying God. There are times when things can... Uh, you know, in many poor countries or third world countries, as it's branded, there, there are a lot of more people in third, third world country happy, happy. There are a lot of happy people. More happy people than in uh, first world or developed country. But they, they, they are happy. And there are times where somebody is living in a mansion, is living, he has all the money. This woman is married to this, the wealthiest man, but she's very miserable. Whilst another woman is married to a, a poor man, but they enjoy themselves, each other. But the point I'm making is that you can enjoy your life even in the midst of turmoil, of troubles. What makes you think Paul and Silas, they were able to sing praises to God in Acts chapter 16 verse 25 at midnight in prison. They have been beaten with wounds on their bodies, whipped for casting out a devil who was harassing them. They were walking, there. the devil kept harassing them, they said, devil, get out. They were arrested instantly and beaten and put into prison without trial, nothing. They put them into prison, but at midnight, Bible said, they, decided, they started giving praise. How? Can you give God praise for being in prison because of preaching or doing his will? Doing his will has put you in prison, yet you could praise him. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is from inside. You enjoy the Lord. It's not based on physical circumstances, but it's based on the reality of who God is to you. And so the way we partake in God and enjoy God. So it's the way God, number one, the way God works himself into us. The full spectrum of God's salvation is the, uh, the way of salvation. Is the way God works himself into us. The way we partake uh, uh, how we part the way we partake in the nature of God and enjoy God. The, number three, the way the spirit, uh, uh, we, the way we worship God in the spirit. How do we do that? We worship God in the spirit by following Christ, following Christ, obeying obedience to Christ and honoring Him in our lives. As I thought, I took a, a bit of time to teach on true, true worship. Right, we by obeying Christ, in, even in the midst of suffering, in the midst of persecution, we still follow Christ and obey Him, becoming one with Him. We are so one with Christ. When you see us, you can tell these are Christians, these are people who represent Christ. That is worshiping Him in spirit. So we worship Him in spirit by enjoy, just we enjoy, enjoy God and following Christ even through crisis. We follow Christ even in the midst of crisis. We still are faithful and following him and becoming one with him. That's the third way that, go, uh, the third aspect of the full spectrum of the way of God, all right? And then the last, the last way is the way we bring, uh, believers are brought into the church and are built up as the body of Christ. So that's what I'm doing now. What I'm doing now is bringing believers, that's why when I finish, I give people opportunity to respond positively to the call of God in their lives. Bringing believers into the church, by bringing believers into the church and building them as the body of Christ. So when you come into the church, that's not, all, that's not 
all there is that oh now I go to church oh oh oh, oh. that's the beginning oh is a is a race that's the beginning being part of a church is the beginning now you must be taught and grow in your Christian work alongside others Bible said so we all come to the unity of faith Ephesians chapter 4 verse um verse 13 and 14 Verse 13, actually. So we all come to the unity of faith. So we are all being built up. We are all being built up. We are all being built up. And so the way believers are brought in and are built up as the body of Christ. So the full spectrum of the way of God, the Christianity is the Christianity is the way. And the way is a, it's, it's a four aspects of it, full spectrum of the four aspects of the way of God. Number one, how... Uh, God is working himself into us. Number two, how we are partaking of God and enjoying the nature of God and enjoying him. Number three, how we are we are we are becoming true worshiper. We are worshiping him, worshiping him in spirit through our, through following Christ and becoming one with him and enjoying him. And number number um four, number four is how believers are being brought brought into the church. And being built, so they come and we build them. They are coming, we build them. They are coming. That's the full spectrum of the way of God. And next time I'll continue in our next teaching. And in our next teaching, I'll actually speak more about um, the way. All right, you can find out in the scripture. Is the Bible calls it the way? Is the way of peace? Is the way of salvation? Is the way? Is, is the straight way? Is the way of um, righteousness? Is the way of God? Is the way of the Lord? I'm talking about the way, the way of peace. The way of righteousness. I'm going to actually speak some deep stuff about the way of peace. Christianity is the way of peace. Is the way of the Lord. Is the way of righteousness. Is the way of salvation. Is the way of truth. Is the way of is the way of God. So several aspects of the way. I'm going to take my time to talk about it. But remember today. I'm talking about the way. We run in the way. We run in the way. Because Christianity is the way. As soon as you get born again, start running. Start running. Don't wait for anybody. Because there is a charge to keep. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. There is a charge to keep. It said, there's necessity is laid on me if I preach the gospel. I'm not doing it because of what people will say about me. Or what people will give me. But necessity is laid on me. There is a charge to keep. And it's the way. I want to encourage you. I want to pray for you. That it's a privilege and it's a blessing to be called to be part of this thing. Is the way, the only way of life, the only way of salvation is the only way. Christianity is the way. Jesus said, I, I am the way. Paul said, What I worship God in the way which they call a sect. They may have a problem in their definition of it. Because, you know, all of us, most of us, before we became true Christians, you know, we have our own mindsets about all oh, these people are like this, all oh, these people. Mm? I don't like the way this person is praying, all oh, this guy. But until you test it and become one, a true Christian, you realize that you actually were so lost. Usually, you don't find, you don't realize you are lost until you are found in Christ. When Christ, when Christ, or when you find Christ, that's when you realize that you are the one who were who lost. When you find Christ, that's when you realize you are lost. And so, then suddenly, you have come into the way, and then you begin to live in the way. And I'm going to, next, in our next session, I'll talk more about the various ways and how to Walk in the way. How to be able to maximize, uh, maximize the opportunity of the way, or how to walk the walk, talk the talk, and walk in the way, run in the way, and make use of the way. 
Hallelujah. God bless We you. thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at charis.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Charis Ministries. Stay blessed.